Welcome back to another episode of MDPC's Lenten Storytelling Podcast. We have been sharing real-life stories from our community. These are stories of hope, tragedy, and everything in between, and how God is faithful and present even in our hopeless places. I'm your host today, Tara Reynolds. This episode, I have the great privilege of introducing you to a dear friend of mine, Kristen Noop. Kristen has been on staff at MDPC since 2011 as our adult ministries director and has recently shifted into the role of young adults director. Her and her husband, Alex, have been incredible mentors to me and my husband. Plus, they are just a blast to hang out with. Kristen is an amazing teacher, writer, wife, mom, and friend. Basically, I could just do a whole podcast talking about how much I love and admire her, but I'll let her do the talking. I'm really excited for you to hear Kristen's story today. It is one of God's amazing grace and how through Christ's blood shed on the cross, we can stand completely justified before a perfect and holy God. I think what Kristen shares will strike a chord with so many of us listening. So with that said, Kristen, take it away. I want to tell you the story about how the light bulb came on for me and I realized there really was nothing I could do to make God love me any more than He already did. Let's call it the day I stopped trying so gosh darn hard. This is my story of justification. One important disclaimer, my husband Alex smirked. Y'all, he smirks a lot, and I finally had to ask him if he thought everything I said was stupid because I smirk when I think someone's stupid. But for him, it's a sign of humor and endearment, so there's some free marriage advice for you. Maybe your spouse doesn't think you're stupid. They just mean something different when they smirk. Okay, so back to the disclaimer. Alex smirked when I told him I was sharing about the time I understood justification on a podcast as if I've somehow arrived at this transcendent state of perfection. I haven't, obviously. So let's just start off by saying we will always be works in progress. But there are sea change moments in our lives, the ones where things can't simply go back to the way they were, moments where we've been fundamentally rearranged. And this is one of those moments for me. So let me start by giving you some backstory. My mom and I attended church growing up, although less and less as I got into my teenage years. By the time I was 16, we weren't going at all. I was exploring all the typical stuff a high school kid gets into, the stuff the movies tell you you're supposed to do when you're young and rebellious, and honestly, it was kind of fun for a while, but it just left me feeling increasingly empty. Not only that, I couldn't find, I wasn't finding any cure for my anxiety, anger, critical spirit, perfectionism, and just this lust for something more meaningful and satisfying. Behind the scenes, God was planting lots of seeds and tilling the soil to receive the gospel. And by His grace, I heard the good news at a Young Life camp when I was a senior in high school. Y'all, it truly changed my life. I felt the physical rush of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I jumped into church and Bible study and applied to work at Christian uh, at a Christian camp that summer, just nine days after I got saved. It was green light city. I was insatiable for everything this new life had to offer. College was a whirlwind of much the same Christian activity. I was trying so very hard to be godly, and I often felt so far behind. I definitely had, as they say, a God-shaped hole in me, but I didn't yet know there was a difference between Christian activity and God Himself. Things started to unravel for me in 2009. I was 24, working as an analyst in Houston, and keeping a very tight Christian lid on the pre-Christian me, and things were starting to rumble. This whole Christian thing was feeling exhausting and oppressive. I found myself desperate to get out of town where none of my community could see me and just let loose. The problem is, indulging these urges didn't make me feel any better. 
It made me feel worse and confused. I wondered if my faith was real at all. First, because God didn't strike me dead for acting out. I mean, are you even real? Does obedience even really matter? Can I wake up and the next day the sun shines even if I've done something terrible? And second, because I was such a fraud, acting all super Christian at home, but as soon as I'm amongst strangers, I'm a free woman. Something wasn't adding up. My faith desperately needed healing, and God desperately wanted to heal me of this performance orientation. You see, for years I had been measuring my performance as a Christian with how worthy I was of God's affection. I did my daily quiet time, gold star. God could stand me that day. I kept my cool with people who make me nuts, another gold star. Oh, I messed up again, time to go to the timeout corner. I mean, I wouldn't say that out loud. I know the verse from Romans. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I had even been in paid ministry positions. So yeah, I mean, come on, I knew this Christian thing. But really, I didn't. I didn't. People would talk about the gospel, the gospel, and I would nod and furrow my brow in agreement. But I couldn't articulate the gospel. For six years, God saw me slowly dying, the joy of faith being choked out of me because of this false gospel, and He wanted to bring the new life I so desperately needed. This new life, this healing, God has been working out in me over the last seven years, and here's how. First, He brought me here to MDPC. No, really. As I stumbled through the year of emptiness, some things became clear. I wanted my faith to become more real than ever and I never felt more alive than when I was in God's presence or studying and teaching His Word. In the first week of October 2010, I started my first seminary class and also my new job at MDPC. So confession, my first year on staff, I still couldn't articulate the gospel. I was still swimming in murky half-truths about the grace of God. But I was learning a ton in seminary and from the incredible pastors and members here, and God was putting things in motion. And now we're coming to the big moment. It all came together in the winter of 2012. Three things in particular. First, I was taking a seminary class on Christology, which was diving into the depths of who Jesus, the Messiah, is and what it is that He came to do. My professor had struggled with the same poisonous pseudo-gospel for years, long into his own ministry career, and so he had devoted his academic life to helping his students shed that junk in their own minds and hearts. Secondly, I was writing a Lenten small group curriculum on atonement theology. See, I'm what you call an intellectual. No, really. There's this whole theory that we connect with God through different pathways—nature, justice, art, music, simplicity, intellect. One of mine is getting elbow deep in dusty old books, so one of the ways to my heart is through my head. God knew this about me, hence leading me to seminary. So I was reading and writing on atonement theology, and my insides were stretching tired legs and preparing for project rearrange. These two things came together one Friday afternoon—Good Friday, to be exact. The day we mourn and hold dear the death of our Savior is the day that God was finally ready to suck the last bit of life from the parasite of a performance-oriented faith. Vicki Jones, incredible woman of God, she preached the sermon, and I felt something— a long-missing puzzle piece click into place in my mind. I gasped. I sat dumbfounded. A burst of light brightened exhausted corners of my heart as new synapses raced together, bringing crystal clarity to my soul. I got it. The gospel. There is this eternal distance between us and God. How silly it was to think we could try to earn God's love through our attempts at crossing that impossibly wide chasm on our own. 
it wasn't only arrogant, it was nonsensical. Our attempts at trying to cross are like taking a running start to cross the Grand Canyon. No wonder I was crashing and burning. But God made a way. God so loved us that he gave us his only son, Jesus, to bridge that chasm. Even speaking this now, writing this, brought tears to my eyes. I am justified not by reading my Bible or going to seminary or volunteering more and more and more, but by the extravagant love of a God that sought me out. This is the real gospel, and it continues to blow my mind. Many of you get this. You've had your own aha moments, and a new kind of grace marks your life. But I'm willing to bet that some of you listening are stuck in performance mode, like I was, and like I can so easily and often do slip back into. Sure, you would never say it like that, but if you examine your heart, it's the pulse. My encouragement to you is that God is the author and perfecter of your faith, and He wants to write the most beautiful, satisfying ending you can ever imagine to your story. I'm not talking about riches or perfect health or family. I'm talking about your faith journey. God desires that each one of us come to a place of experiencing His enduring presence in our lives, so completely in tune with Him and His will, willing and eager to sacrifice everything for His glory. But this is not something we can execute, manage, strategize, or a technique that we can perfect. It's a living relationship with a living God. If this is what you desire, tell God that. And then maybe give trying a rest for a while, letting him lead the dance for a while. In fact, for almost an entire year, I didn't try to fix anything about me spiritually because I knew the word try was poison for me. I would recognize all kinds of sins, selfishness, arrogance, pride, criticism. And I trained myself to pause in the moment and say, God, ick, please fix. Amen. And slowly but surely, Like slow-moving but powerful lava, God's Holy Spirit began to work on me from the inside out, leaving a new person in His wake. It has been and will continue to be a long journey for me to shed my performance-oriented faith. I hope there are people listening who can in no way relate to me because I wouldn't wish this kind of prison upon anyone. But God, who calls us into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. Say it to yourself again. God is faithful. And this new life in him, 14 years since we first began our friendship, has blossomed into something I never thought was possible. I actually really like being a Christian now. I want to talk about it. I don't want to run from it. I'm free in Christ. You are free in Christ. His love and grace and truth are more satisfying than anything in the world. Thank you for listening to Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church's Lenten podcast series. You may also want to check out Kids These Days, a podcast series for parents by Rachel Poiskey and Tara Reynolds. To learn more about our church, visit mdpc.org.